Welcome back to episode 35 of the FPL Draft Hub podcast on this episode looking ahead to game week 12. Welcome back to the FPL Draft Hub podcast, the podcast dedicated to the official FPL Draft game. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another look at the Draft FPL universe ahead of game week 12. Well into it now. Apologies for those expecting a pod last week, but unfortunately this doesn't pay the bills and night shifts are not conducive to good draft advice. We've got a busy week ahead with three game weeks played out over the next 10 days due to a midweek bonus fixture list between Tuesday and Thursday. There is less than 24 hours between the end of game week 12 and the waiver deadline ahead of the midweek game week 13. So it's highly unlikely I'll be able to produce a pod in time for that one. So for this episode, I'll take a slightly longer team by team tour to ensure I cover everything. I'll leave out the usual segments and instead just mention players as I get to their teams. So let's get into it. So I'm just going to go through the teams in alphabetical order. And that means I start with Arsenal who have taken just one point from the last 12 uh, available since that 1-0 win over Man United in game week 7, with some now questioning whether Arteta is up to the task at hand. Currently sat 15th in the league, and the early solid defensive displays have vanished, and yet they, they look completely impotent in attack. Whether Aubameyang is struggling because the team's struggling or the team's struggling because Aubameyang's struggling doesn't really matter. They need their main man to start firing now. And with two home games against Burnley and Southampton in the next week, there is no better opportunity for him. With the way they've been setting up recently, it's hard to see where that type of performance is going to come from with his individual brilliance casting a very, very small shadow over opposition teams at present and those who drafted him likely very high on draft day um, will understandably be getting cold feet and I've seen lots of quite low ball trade offers being bounced around on social media in the last week to really hammer that point home. For those interested in Arsenal players for those next two games Rob Holding is available in most leagues if you want some potential clean sheet action and Saka is also available in most leagues if you want Uh, a piece of the attacking action. But if I was looking at Arsenal, it would definitely be more in defence than than that attacking line. On to Villa, had their game uh, postponed against Newcastle, which means they've now got two games in hand on most of the league, and yet they are still firmly in the mid-table pack due to impressive results. They've got a nice run of games up until Boxing Day now, going away to Wolves, then have Burnley at home, away to West Brom and at home to Palace, And with those games in hand, the value of their players will be higher as there are double game weeks on the horizon. I think you could reasonably look to their defence and their attack if uh, you want a villain in your midst. Target and cash remain the easiest to find on the waiver pile available in the majority of mid-sized leagues. While up top, Barkley may have been dropped following his recent injury, but his return looks to be on the horizon and it could be one who you carry on your bench for a week or two if you're able. I'm sure many managers have seen the value of their benches or having players that are playing on their benches in recent game weeks. McGinn is your other option. Um, He remains a steady performer um, and is someone that could come in and make more of a quick impact for this game week. 
Trades for Ollie Watkins uh, or Jack Grealish will come at a premium. I'm sure their current owners will be quite attached to them, but a move for Watkins would definitely be worthwhile. And some owners may be frustrated by some of the missed opportunities he had against uh, the likes of West Ham, but, you know, and then compounded by missing the Newcastle game due to postponement. So maybe a chance that you're able to bring him in on a trade there, but he will be valued highly. Next is Brighton, who remain consistently inconsistent this season um, and were fairly poor in their recent game against Southampton, though that game could have gone either way. Their fixtures are okay on paper through December um, once they navigate a tricky away fixture to Leicester this week, but it's impossible to predict which Brighton are going to turn up. Two clean sheets from 11 is short of where they should be, given the experience they have at the back and their forwards just continue to blow hot and cold. What this does mean is that there are probably going to be a number of Brighton options in your waiver pile um, most weeks, should you fancy them to get a result. Webster has been ever present so far and is taking in less than 5% of 10 manager draft leagues if you want a bit of their defence. In attack, Welbeck is still free in a decent chunk. Uh, Trossard is there in, in about half of leagues. And if you're looking for a slightly uh, more different differential, the rejuvenated Pascal Gross it could be a great pickup. He's on penalties now with uh, Mopé's absence, and in my opinion, will probably continue uh, given Mopé's uh, prowess from the penalty spot. Uh, since coming into the team in the last five games, he has four attacking returns, and it's form that's difficult to ignore. Gross could be a pickup you look back on at the end of the season as uh, a turning point, and there's you know decent history to back him up as he put up 164 fantasy points in his debut Premier League season back in 17-18. On to Burnley, really poor start, but signs that things are starting to turn around with some much-needed points starting to trickle in. The restored centre-back partnership of uh, Tarkovsky and me is massive for Burnley, and it won't surprise me to see their ownership figures slowly edge up as the weeks go on. Ignoring this season's form, the fixtures on paper look like ones Burnley should be able to grind out, and, you know, from the next match against Arsenal could come at really the best moment for them. There's no real better time to play Arsenal and Burnley will be right up for that game. The Burnley defence, as I said, looks like the only place to be really in FPL terms. Um, and aside from Tarkovsky's moderate ownership, the rest are, are likely to be available for you. For those looking to take a few risks and have defenders to stream, grabbing a set of Tarkovsky, me and Taylor off the waiver pile would make that Arsenal game very tasty viewing for you. Next is Chelsea, who've had a real solid start and deservedly in the title race conversation. Zuma, Chilwell and Reese James lead the way for defenders in FPL with five clean sheets uh, and plenty of goal involvement, particularly Zuma, um, who leads the way for defenders with four goals. Looks like he's going to knock one in from every set piece that Chelsea get um, and has been an excellent pickup for my own draft team. Uh, a couple of months back. Getting a slice of the Chelsea pie, though, is, is going to be like trying to buy a Furby uh, on Christmas Eve 1998. And the only option, really, that's emerged over the last week or two is Olivier Giroud. Got four goals in the Champions League, followed up by a first league start and a first league goal of the season. Uh, and the team just looks far more balanced. And it's surprising it's taken this long for him to be given a chance um, he was then rested uh, in this week's Champions League game, signalling he'll probably be in again for the Everton match. 
Um, and I'm sure we will see his, his ownership numbers nudging up again this week. Crystal Palace um, are just Crystal Palace. You know, if they're playing relegation fodder and Zaha turns up, they look like Real Madrid, but otherwise they can be a tough watch. Um, fixtures look to be taking a bit of a turn now. Um, they've got Spurs, West Ham away, Liverpool and Villa away next, plus a pretty difficult New Year run to follow after that. The standout draft pick at the moment, and I say this with a grimace, is Christian Benteke, who was given his first start and got two goals to really boost his confidence. I can see Roy sticking with him for the next few as he you know, presents a different problem to opposing teams, but I'm far from convinced. It would be fitting that keeping out uh, City, Chelsea and Arsenal, Benteke then breaks the Spurs defensive wall at the weekend. But, you know, we know there is a decent player in there. Palace just need to find a way to, to coax him out. Eze is another player that's likely available, but I'm still not really convinced just yet. Um, you know, it's more of an introductory season for him. And I think he could go missing during this sort of tougher run. Next is Everton, um, whose title challenge has taken a bit of a dent with three losses in their last five. But DCL continues to turn over points for draft managers lucky enough to have him. The fixtures do look tough over Christmas with Chelsea, Leicester, Arsenal and Manchester City in their next five games. I'm generally quite cold on Everton at the moment and I think they're due a couple of heavy defeats this month. DCL is great if you've got him. I wouldn't go out of my way to trade for him. Uh, and, you know, Rodriguez will continue to find it more difficult as teams realise he can still play and pay him due respect and attention. Godfrey could be a hidden gem for those um, in bigger leagues as he looks to be the one replacing the injured Luca Dean. Um, but as I said, I think clean sheets are going to be hard to come by for them for the foreseeable future. On to Fulham, who surprisingly currently sat just above the red line in 17th and have shown some decent performances recently. The lineup that has emerged sees a few midfielders um, in FPL terms playing up front or at least the most advanced. Um, and they're Adamola Lookman on the left, Ruben Loftus-Cheek on the right, and Ivan Cavallero playing through the middle. Aside from Lookman, the others both have pretty low ownership, well below 10%. Um, not sure I'd recommend any of them, but if you fancy a punt, you know, they should be there for you and could get a goal. Now, you could turn the TV on during any Leeds match and feel like you're just tuning in midway through one season-long game, such is the consistency in their expansiveness and, and their intensity and their running. Very enjoyable to watch, but results currently see them in, in 14th after 11 games. This week they're against uh, West Ham, who will be a tough test because they've impressed so far. And with what sounds like a you know, fairly par for the course uh, Bielsa press conference, we know the starting 11 that Leeds are going to play already. Um, it's not really the hardest lineup to to predict. There are only a couple of question marks in there, but we know at least that uh, Ailing will play at centre-back with Rodrigo coming into midfield and Rafinha keeping his spot. Alioski and Cooper are the players most likely to be available in defence, while Rafinha is available in most leagues if you want um, some attacking threat and it feels as though he's really going to pop off just any any match now. Always worth a punt having a Leeds attacker on your side as any game could be goals galore. 
Next is Leicester, who have been impressive and probably doing better than most will have expected. Currently sat in fourth. Now got two very winnable home games uh, against Brighton and Everton, who you would expect six points on paper. For draft managers, one or both of Evans and Fofana would seem sensible and many have already moved to get Ricardo Pereira back, though reports are that he is set to miss another few Premier League games um, with a groin injury. In a similar vein to the Burnley defence, for those looking to make some riskier gains, stacking up with the addition of Fuchs could make that Leicester-Brighton game an exciting watch. And if you had three uh, Leicester defenders with two clean sheets from those games, you're looking at 36 points. That's basically a whole game week score um, in just a few days. On to the champions, Liverpool, joint top of the league. Um, despite that injury crisis they were apparently in, there has been some uh, some value in defence in recent weeks with Nico Williams coming in and Kelleher stepping in for Alisson in goal. But with Trent back now, the team looks sort of back to being settled again. The only player worth identifying really is Joel Matip, who is available uh, in just under half of uh, moderately sized leagues, but is unlikely to be going under the radar following that 14-point haul against Wolves. The fixtures look decent over Christmas and there are definitely uh, plenty of clean sheets to be had. There isn't much else worth mentioning and if you're in um, the kind of league where Salah is on your waiver pile, this podcast really isn't for you. On to Manchester City, um, who are now well into their favourable fixture run, but come against Man United this weekend um, before that carries on. This feels likely to be one of the least competitive Manc derbies for a while with City very much on the up and United probably still winded from their Champions League exit in midweek. In terms of waiver options for City, John Stones is the most obvious target, especially with uh, Laporte playing in midweek and positive comments from Pep on uh, John Stones' recent form as well. Stones is available in around 80% of leagues and it's a decent shout if you don't mind playing Pep Roulette though I would be surprised if they manage a clean sheet in the derby. For those stuck with Phil Foden, you probably are stuck with him. Um, I do see him getting his chance in the league this season and probably over the next few weeks with the fixtures piling up. There won't be anyone better on the waivers and nobody will really want to trade for him, so you'll just have to ride it out. On to the other side of Manchester then and... Uh, who are somehow simultaneously in crisis and within touching distance of the top of the league. I'm sure Arsenal would love to be in that kind of crisis. Now could be the moment for Greenwood owners, um, could be the moment for him to put the beginning of the season behind him and get some, some games and some goals. The lineup is hard to predict at the moment and I'm not entirely convinced Oli knows what his best 11 is still. The defenders aren't particularly attractive and aside from uh, Bruno and Rashford, the midfielders um, are just doing bits and pieces. On a side note, as a De Gea owner, I'm slightly concerned he could lose his spot to Henderson if a shake-up is required, though it's not enough for me to do anything about it currently, but just something to be aware of. Um, you know, Maybe if you were going to be doing a trade um, with De Gea coming to you, it, it would make me think twice. Next is Newcastle. Um, Newcastle have a very nice run of fixtures with West Brom, Leeds and Fulham uh, coming up before Christmas. But, you know, those clubs will be saying the same thing at the prospects of playing Newcastle. The postponed fixture against Villa has at least 
doled the idea that uh, Joel Linton might be a good uh, draft option following his goal and assist versus Palace. And really, aside from Wilson and the keeper, there aren't really any standouts. The defence is an option given the fixtures and the fact Bruce will want to be solid um, with Lascelles and Lewis both hidden gems with less than 10% ownership. Not my cup of tea personally, but you know West Brom at home is as good a fixture as any to target, um, especially as they're without their best player due to suspension. So yeah, it's an option for you, but not my cup of tea. Next is Sheffield United. Um, not much to say here, really. I had Sheffield United down to escape the relegation zone in my early season predictions, but I'm probably going to have to rethink that as they continue to look Dreadful with just one point so far uh, and only five goals from 11 games. As I said, nothing to say here, really. They're an opposition to target and I couldn't make a case to own uh, any of their players, including the goalkeeper. On to Southampton. Now, ownership for Southampton assets has shot up in recent weeks with uh, the likes of Ward-Prowse now owned in more than 97% of leagues and uh, Vestergaard owned in more than 90%. They sit fifth in the league and should be higher if not for their collapse at home to United a couple of weeks ago. Aside from the obvious, their midfield doesn't really fill me with much excitement and now Danny Ings looks to be back. I think that uh, decreases Walcott's value. Ryan Bertrand seems to be the most likely to be free for you and waiver piles if you want a piece of their defence, who are performing well at both ends of the pitch so far and Bertrand remains the one who's yet to get an attacking return so far. Next is Tottenham, Uh, dreamland for Spurs fans like me, steering the ship through Man City, Chelsea and Arsenal and coming out the other side with seven points and three clean sheets. Um, The defences continue to be shunned as people look at the fixtures over form with uh, Eric Dyer and uh, Alderweireld still available in around a third of leagues. Oyer has also risen to be the first choice right back with uh, a real dramatic turn in in his concentration levels and form since the arrival of Doherty. Managers will have to start making tough decisions on on Doherty, who is owned in more than 80% of of draft leagues, as he's going to, you know, it looks to be shadowing Bale in the midweek games, and for now not in contention really for the league games. He'll obviously get a chance, um, you know, he could end up playing in the midweek game just due to the uh, congestion but I think for now, Aurier remains uh, first choice right back. Kane and Son are our only trade dreams for most draft managers, and it's hard to see why an owner would look to trade them uh, away when they've shown that they're, they're going to do it against anyone and everyone. On to the home stretch now as we get into the W, starting uh, with West Brom. Now, on my last pod, I highlighted West Brom's games against Sheffield United and Palace as must-win and therefore could be worth targeting their creative midfielders. Well, neither of them did anything, and Pereira ended up with a minus two and a three-match ban, which we'll see him off until Boxing Day now. They did manage to win against Sheffield United, but that you know really looked like a championship team uh, playing another championship team, and West Brom, without Pereira in their squad, really do look much more like a championship team on paper. They will get relegated this season and right now the only player uh, I could recommend is Johnston who will get plenty of opportunities to rack up save points. Next is West Ham and I've been really impressed with West Ham uh, so far this year. My faith in Suchek was rewarded uh, again against United as he got his second goal in four. 
Boeing continues to be the standout performer um, and his performance in the first half against United was really deserving of more than the two FPL points he ended up coming away with. The fixtures for West Ham look all right, right through to the end of January now, and they have a very settled uh, and capable defence. The back five is more or less set now, so you can take your pick if they're available. Um, but for me, Kufau remains my go-to if I had to pick any of them, um, just with his attacking threat and, and his positioning. If, like me, you want to buck the trend and get Suchek in your team so you can get excited whenever West Ham have a set piece, uh, he should be there for you as he's free in most leagues. But when it comes to draft advice, it's more a case of do as I say, not what I do. Finally then is Wolves. Now, since my last pod, um, Raul Jimenez suffered a sickening head injury. And while news so far has been generally positive, we have no real indication of when he will return uh, to play. We do know that he had some form of surgery. And we also know that there is a massive spectrum in potential return dates for these types of injuries, ranging from a few months out um, to retirement in the worst case scenario. Now, as well as the, the more obvious limitations that the surgery will have will have imposed, there are the more insidious connotations of concussion and the effects that that could have on his return. I'm sure he won't be rushed back and my advice for Jimenez uh, owners, unfortunately, would be to drop him and, and get someone in that's going to be putting points on the board for you. In terms of a direct replacement for, for Jimenez, Fabio Silva looks set to get a run in the team um, with the ensemble cast of Podence, Neto and Adama Traore. Silva is free in most leagues currently and I think uptake will be will likely be slow until he notches his first goal. Traore is also free in, in a decent chunk of leagues and with zero attacking returns on the season so far, his ownership is, is only going one way. Wolves have been generally quite... Um, mercurial in recent weeks but there are you know there are enough quality names on their team sheets to get results but they do have a very tricky festive schedule with Chelsea Spurs um, and United all coming before the new year defenders will be available for some but the defense doesn't quite have the shine um, than it did in recent seasons so um, I'd go there cautiously So that's it for this episode. I hope there was something uh, in there for you. And if there was anybody I didn't cover who you were wondering about, uh, feel free to drop me a message uh, and I'll give you my two cents on it. As I said at the beginning, it will be difficult to squeeze a pod in before game week 13 due to the turnaround. Uh, and I may end up having to record one during that midweek uh, game week. So be sure to set yourself a reminder um, on Monday to get your waivers penciled in. Uh, and take advantage of any injuries that might have arisen over the weekend or any favourable fixtures. That deadline will be uh, 4.30 in the afternoon on Monday. Not a familiar deadline time, so lots will forget. Um, so don't lose out by letting it be you. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I've got at least one festive uh, bonus episode planned before Christmas, which you won't want to miss. And the best way to reach out is uh, on Twitter. So you can follow me at FPL Draft Hub Pod. So best of luck for this week. Um, I should say the deadline for this game week is uh, Thursday, 6.30 in the evening. So not long to get them in. But the most important advice is to stay focused, stay humble. And as always, stay shook. Stay shook.